Hello, I'm Ronald Hatcher, Aaron Hatcher's father. Aaron has muscular dystrophy and cerebral palsy. I'm Risa Gray from Betty White's Off Their Rockers, but unfortunately, he's no longer with us now. Each year, thousands of cases go unreported where children with disabilities and special needs get abused in their schools. Our mission is to protect the child as well as the teachers who educate them. Please help us in our effort to stop the abuse and promote safety by donating to positive initiatives in care of Aaron Hatcher's They Can't Talk But We Can, Inc. P.O. Box 2392, Roswell, Georgia, 30077. Or visit our website at theycanttalkbutwecaninc.org. Let's not have another loving, innocent child like Aaron die. Remember, they can't talk. But we can. Call now, 877-566-2451. What's going on? My name is Stephen Knight, and you listen to The Stephen Knight Show. Good evening and welcome to the Stephen Knight Show here on EOTM Radio. I want to thank you, as always, for joining us tonight. We'll be discussing the latest in entertainment news, sports, fashion, and movie reviews. Now, tonight we welcome celebrity chef William Brown and Christian pop singer Christian Rader. As always, we should call into your questions and comments. The number is 718-664-6543. Again, that's 718-664-6543. You can also join us in chat. There's a link on our Facebook page. I want to remind, want to remind you all to connect with us on social media we're on Facebook, Twitter, Google Plus, and of course our official website, the Stephen Knight Show. Com. And also, you know, award season is coming up. 2014 Highest Entertainment Awards. We are nominated for another award. We won back in 2012. We picked up the hottest online radio show, and then I picked up uh, two nominations as a singer for Hottest Male Vocalist and Hottest Rising Superstar. So please show your support. Go to atlshottest.com. A lot of people have tweeted us and private messages on Facebook and telling us they're voting for us, and we definitely appreciate it. Now, Ms. Parker had a previous engagement, so she's out tonight. But, Chike, what's going on with you? What's going on, boss man? How are you? Pretty good. How was your weekend? My weekend was pretty good, except uh, <laughs> Saturday when it rained 40 days and 40 nights here. Right, yeah. Yeah, it's we pretty windy and torrential up here. <laughs> we got some of that, too. Matter of fact, I woke up Saturday morning, and I was like, I went to check and see what time it was, and my and my clock was out. Oh, no. Power was out. Power was out. So wow. we were out for about an hour and a half, but it wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad. It's a good sleeping weather, I tell you. It sure was. It sure was. <laughs> got real cold out here. I heard it's, it's colder here than it is in New York right now. Really? Yes, that's what that's what I heard. That's what I saw people commented on uh, Facebook. That's 
Yeah, okay. this morning I was trying to discern if I needed to put on a coat or not. I uh, <laughs> I just put on like a sweater jacket and a hoodie, and I was cool. Mm-hmm. But we're holding down the show tonight, me, you, and Aaron. Parker's out. Adam's out. Adam was traveling, so he's just getting back in. And uh, Ms. Ferguson had to work late, so we're going to hold down the show, do what we do best. Let's do it. All right. Well, what's going on tomorrow the movie reviews? Well, I went to go see um, The Judge, uh, which stars Robert Downey Jr. and Robert Duvall. Um, this movie was pretty hard-hitting. Uh, you know, I went to go see it based on um, the strengths of Robert Downey and Robert Duvall. Both of them are strong, very strong actors, and I was curious to see how they would play out with each other on film, and they didn't disappoint. Uh, this was a hard-hitting driving film about uh, an attorney, Robert Downey Jr., and his estranged father, Robert Duvall, who's actually a judge, who is um, actually caught up in um, a crime. He committed a crime, and now his son has to defend him, but they don't necessarily get along. And the mother of Robert Downey Jr., Robert Duvall's wife, just died. So there's a lot of tension. There's a lot of turmoil going on. And to see all of that family history and the respect the mutual um, love that they have for the law unfold um, as as the movie goes on. I definitely recommend it. Uh, definitely give it a thumbs up. I've heard a lot of good things about that movie. I, I don't, I don't know things. necessarily that it's going to uh, make any Oscar buzz or anything, but um, it's definitely a strong movie. It's a drama, mm-hmm. high content. This movie's that. Wow, wow. I've heard a lot of good things about that. Uh, my brother, I think he wouldn't saw it. My mother saw it. They both said it was really good. So uh, definitely something I need. To, I want to check out myself. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Anything else? Uh, that's the only movie I saw this weekend. I am looking forward to um, Dumb and Dumber, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, Be- Beyond the Lights. That looks interesting to me. And Interstellar, that looks really interesting to me with Matthew McConaughey. That comes out this week. And, of course, The Hunger Games, Mockingjay Part 1. A lot of good stuff coming up, huh? Yeah, holiday season. Well, let's talk about, do you watch Scandal and How to Get Away with Murder? I don't. I'm probably one of the only people that don't watch either of those shows. I started to watch How to Get Away With. I have my own personal reasons why I can't get into it. I won't share them on air. We'll talk in private. I'll tell you. Oh, I got to I gotta hear this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I watched both of them, and I didn't watch Scandal the first. It must have been on three seasons or, or four. Well, I didn't watch it. I think the, oh, yeah, the first two seasons I didn't watch it. And then the third season they had – a one-hour special that would, uh, you know, catch up to speed going to the third season. So I watched that, and I was like, oh, this actually is a good show. So I started watching it. And I'm, I'm hooked like everybody else. And How to Catch Away with Murder I've watched since day one. And, I mean, those – Shonda Rhyme, she's a genius. Those shows are off the chain. I love I love both of them. So I have to admit that something I used to purposely avoid, I now watch every Thursday. <laughs> yeah. Thursday. That, Shonda Rhimes is on fire. She's definitely yeah, she on fire is. right now. She is. She is. All right. Well, uh, Avon, I know you're almost going on with you.
up on A-line. He said he's going. Is he watching the game tonight? <laughs> <All distracted>. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, uh, while we wait for him, I guess, Chicken, we can go through some of these hot topics. Definitely a lot to talk about. All right, yes, so. Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, Chris Rock, he was on SNL um, this over the weekend, and he, you know, did his monologue, and he uh, made comments, jokes about the Boston Marathon, uh, and a lot of people thought it was too soon. I thought they were kind of insensitive. The comments were insensitive. But a lot of his supporters said, you know, that's what comedians do. They they don't make – it's not necessarily making light of the situation. It's just laughing through the pain. And so right. he also made a comment about, um, you know, the World Trade Center is going to open after 13 years since 9-11. Um, you know, coming up it's going to be opening, and he made comments about that, like, you know, he would never move in there, he would never go in there, you know, kind of making making light of it. But do you think that it's too soon for those kind of jokes, or do you think that's what comedians do? Once more, I'm sorry. I said, do you think that uh, it's too soon to make those kind of jokes, or do you or do you think that's what comedians do? I. Throughout history, what I've witnessed, I just believe that that's what comedians do. And every time that they tell a racy joke or one that's on the fence, you know, they take a chance. It's yeah. either going to succeed or it's going to fail. Um, that's something that they deal with every time they step out there. Remember um, the guy's name, the guy that used to be the uh, voice for Affleck. And he, um, Gilbert Godfrey, that's his name. He made um, uh, some type of remark about Japan after the tsunami. Oh, wow. And they fired him. Affleck fired him. So they they went on the search to find a new uh, voice for the duck. But, you know, it was something that they deemed too soon. Mm -hmm. You never, you know, you can't tell. Yeah. Well, a lot of the uh, comedians, they've obviously taken his uh, back and. They say this is what we do. Joan Rivers, she was known for for making people thinking that she kind of overstepped her position. But, <laughs> you know, she even made jokes about her husband who committed suicide. You know what I mean? Yeah. They said that's how comedians, that's how they, they operate. That's how they, you know, they push through. They try to make people laugh during uh, tragedy. Um, yeah, Aaron, you join us, Aaron. You there? Yes, sir. I'm here. Okay. We're going through some high topics we're talking about. Hey, Amos Parker. Um, I actually just got finished playing basketball, so I'm a little winded right now. So please bear, bear with me. Okay. And as uh, you can hear, the fellas are back on, so we're all, we're all still, still, still playing ball. So. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Well, let's go to the next yeah. story. Uh, uh, Jenna Jackson, we all love Miss Jackson. She uh, made her first public appearance. Um, at a Vogue event in Dubai, looking great as always. You know, that's well, something good. Yeah, the pictures are online. Apparently, she has an album coming out soon. But uh, she made her first public appearance, and I know she saw, you know, during Halloween, uh, Beyonce. She um, she paid homage to Janet by um, by dressing up by dressing up as her from like back in the day. But uh, anyway, so here's the story everyone's been talking about, uh, uh, Tamar Braxton. Yes, yes, yes. Get to it. Get to it. <laughs> she recently said, uh, 
said in the interview that she does not have a big head, and but she doesn't. At the same time, she doesn't think she owes, owes her success to to Tony. She says that you know obviously Tony made uh, their name, the Braxton name, a household name, but at the end of the day, she had to put work hard and bust her behind to to put herself out there to be successful. And so she, she, so she thinks the success that she has. She can't really uh, attribute Tony to that. What do you think? Well, Tamar, like they said, would not, no one would know the Braxton's name if it wasn't for Tony. Tony paved the way. One, Mm -hmm. not saying, not taking anything away from Tamar that she hasn't worked, because I do believe that she has worked. Um, She's actually worked for some years because Tamar has actually tried to be a solo artist way back in the day and um had another project out way back in the day. Fifteen years uh, ago. Yes. Tamar has a lot of things in her favor lined up for her at like uh award winning sister and mm-hmm. also a very mogul powerhouse husband. So right. yeah, she may have worked but there are other people that assisted her in her making what she is today, and that would be Vincent D. Herbert, as she calls him, and Tony D. Braxton. <laughs> right, and I agree. I think that because Tamar, she was in the Braxton's group back in the 90s. Uh, she had her own solo project that did not do well. She's been signed, I think she says five times she's been signed to record labels, and she really got her claim to fame on the reality show Braxton Family Values, and that Tony, she, they wouldn't have gotten the show if it wasn't for Tony. They got the show. Tamar is a breakout star, which gave her a platform to have for people to listen to her music. So mm-hmm. I think to say that Tony didn't really have anything to do with her success is not necessarily true because there wouldn't be a reality show that would launch Tamar into what she is today. I guess she right. worked hard, but she had to have that vehicle to kind of push her to, for people to know who Tamar Braxton was. You know what I mean? So right. I, I for, kind of for, disagree with Tamar think- there. For her to make all of those connections that she did make, you know, she made them through Tony because she was backup singing for Tony all right. those years. So the relationships mm-hmm. that she made, she made through her sister. Right, right. Even her husband, mm-hmm. she met through her sister. Yep, exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. What do you think, Erwan? Well, okay. Tamar is a hardworking woman. I, I don't think anyone will deny that she right. this woman works hard but as Tawanda said it best there would be no um Braxton family 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 values without Tony Braxton and right. there will be no Tamar Braxton without Braxton family values so mm-hmm. it kind of goes hand in hand Tony paved the way right I agree point blank period I but I will say that Tony has passed the baton or the torch right. if you will to Tamar and and um, she's taking it to a different level. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Right. She's kept she's something kept that her um, other sisters really can't do. Like they don't have the um, that personality really, or or the vocal talent. Cause as quiet as it's kept, Tamar Braxton can sing. Yeah. But I think that sometimes her her personality overshadows her um right. her um, vocals. Yeah. Yeah. So people might yeah. not take it as seriously as a singer, but she can sing. She yeah, can. She can. Yeah. Definitely yeah. can. And Tony says that she's the best singer out of the girls, but I See? think I yeah. think 
that may be true, but Tony's the professional out the group. Tony's the yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? She's, yeah. a, she's oh, yeah. a superstar. Oh, yeah. uh, so let's, yeah. switch, let's switch gears to something more serious. Um, Brittany Maynard, she was the woman who um, had the terminal breast cancer, I mean, sorry, brain cancer, and she yeah, said yeah, that yeah. if the situation didn't improve, that she was going to end her life uh, with medical assistance on November 1st. And she actually did uh, take that out, carry that out um, on November 1st. She, you know, wished everyone well and that, um, you know, peace and love or whatever. But she started a national conversation, and then she did actually when she announced it, but especially now that she's gone through with it, about people being able to take their lives, you know, or end their lives legally without, you know, because there's only one state that allows you to do that. Do you, and I and people ask me what I think about. It. I think if you're not in that situation, it's kind of hard to comment on it. But what are your thoughts on on that decision she took? Um, this is this is Ron talking. Um, I feel that's her that's her personal right. I mean, if she wants to end her life, um, of course this this was legally right. I mean, this this yeah, this was done was. legally. Yeah, yeah. If if she knows that she has a terminal illness and it's and it's not going to going to be some change, and she's going to pass away. I think that if she wants to control her death, then she should. Then that's that's her right. Okay. Able to, yeah. Chica. Well, I'm all about quality of life, and if your existence is not going to be um, something of substance that you would want to live with then I believe that it is your choice to choose what you would want to do with your own life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, and also, um, maybe she didn't, she didn't want to be a, a, a burden on her family. Maybe she right. felt that because of her um, illness getting, getting worse and worse, that it was going to put a, put a, put a um, burden on, our family and you know medical bills and stress and mm-hmm. emotions and maybe she didn't she didn't want her family to suffer through that so yeah. yeah well there's another uh, woman who it has the same situation but she kind of wished that Brittany did not take her life uh, she's kind of mm-hmm. facing the same kind of circumstances she doesn't know you know how long she'll be here but she just feels right. like you know I guess from a different perspective and so yeah. I'm thinking that some we we got to Respect both people because that's their lives yeah, and that's, that's right. You know, it's their personal, right? yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, there's a new documentary coming out, CK. You might want to see this called Knifed Up, and it's about how you know for years plastic surgery was uh, something of you know affluent Caucasian people that was who, who did it the most. That's what this documentary is saying. So it's showing how black women now, have, you know, they they're really indulging in, in these surgeries from butt lifts, uh, facelifts, uh, Botox. It says that in America last year, $11 billion um, were spent in in plastic surgery. What are your thoughts? I am totally, totally, totally against elective surgery of Mm -hmm. any kind. If you're going to volunteer to go under the knife, I'm I'm against it. Um, I understand that some things need to be done um, they're a necessity, and they happen mm-hmm. to be cosmetic. But when you're going in just to augment or change for the sake of vanity, 
I'm so against that. I work in an OR, so I see surgeries every day. Mm-hmm. The stuff is real. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. really real. And for you to elect to for a, a possible possible death, they're they're putting you to sleep. They're cutting you open. It's serious business. Mm-hmm. And for you to elect to do that, I just I, I can't I can't get behind that. And then mm-hmm. those situations where you elect to do it to make things better, and then you come out with problems worse than you had. Right. And you have yeah. to get surgery after surgery to fix with, i.e., Michael Jackson. Look at Little Kim, Joan Rivers. I mean, seriously. All right. Aaron? Yes, sir. What do you think about that, about uh, plastic surgery? People are having plastic. They said over $11 billion uh, were spent in facelifts, Botox, and other plastic surgery. Procedures. What do you what do you what are your thoughts? They're on, if that's what they want to spend spend their money on, more power to them. Uh, I've I've been hearing people um, giving their uh, opinions about um, Chinese eye surgery. Stuff, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If that's what if that's what she wants to do, that's her money. I mean, more power to us. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I wouldn't touch my eyes. That's kind of, <laughs> especially don't even know what the long term effects are going to be of this surgery. No, you don't. Hey, she she she's 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 definitely taking a major risk, major risk. But mm-hmm. that's what she wants. Now, would I do something like that? No, but that's right. me. And she's her. Mm-hmm. So, hey. Yeah, that's true. I can't knock her. I think I, I I I think that they maybe should start doing psychological evaluations like they do when you have to get the sleeve or the lap band stuff like that. Yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. you should do psychological evaluations before you start augmenting people with mm-hmm. plastic surgery. That's a good idea. That's a real good idea. Well, I just, switch. Go ahead, okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. I was okay. just going to say because um I I heard that Wendy Williams had something negative to say about Chinese eye surgery. She and I just feel of all people, she should not be saying anything negative yes. with, you know, yeah. like, yeah, I just think that's she got like, a lot of work done. Yeah. Hypocrisy. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. 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 Well, let's give a quick, uh, before you, uh, Aaron, you go into sports, music industry is being saved by Taylor Swift. There has not been one album that went platinum this year, but Taylor Swift, she released her album, 1989, last week. And it is on target to sell 1.3 million first week sales, which is the most. It's going to uh, surpass the highest debut of first week sales by a female, which is Britney Spears, and then the highest album since 2012 first week first week sales of Eminem, the Eminem Show. She's set to surpass both of those. So one, what are your thoughts on Taylor Swift? Uh, you know, having the only platinum album. And two, what does it say about the state of music? Um, I would argue maybe that, you know, old habits are at play. Steven, you remember how the record companies used to buy uh, the records back in order for it to make the numbers? Yeah. Yeah, that's all I'm going to say. See... This this young woman works hard, man. Like she Taylor, does work very hard. Yeah. Taylor works hard, and she was humiliated by Kanye West some years ago. Yes, I am. I am bringing that back up. 
humiliated, embarrassed by him, and she's gotten the last laugh. And she didn't even go negative with him. Like you, I just, I, hey, I am a Team Taylor Swift fan. I am. Now, did I buy her record? No, no. <laughs> you didn't contribute. You were one of I didn't contribute. <laughs> I, I, I was not one one of the one point three million folks, but I like the little song "Shake, Shake, Shake, Shake." Yeah, yeah. I think she's a, she's a positive influence for her for her generation. Absolutely, for her fans. You know, she's yeah. a. You don't see her doing crazy things, being exactly. in the clubs, drunk, and all this stuff. Exactly. So I think for her generation, and that is the the buying public. Unfortunately, that age group of people who buy the albums. For the yeah, most part. There were some great albums released this year, however. People don't support him, so. Nope. Tracy Braxton. Did anybody buy Tracy's album? I'm just asking. I'm not trying to be shady or nothing like that. Did anybody buy Tracy's album? But, you know, I heard heard some of it is actually really good. Believe it or not. that's what I'm saying. I think people are not giving her a chance, you know, because she's not the huge star of the family or whatever. But um, pick up Tracy Braxton's album. I love an underdog. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. Yeah. Kudos to Tracy. I want to remind everyone that tomorrow is election day. Get out and vote. I don't care who you're voting for, but definitely vote. Uh, yes. Let your voice be heard. Let your voice be heard. Hey, Ron, take away with sports. Y'all, have you heard about the latest with Mike Tyson? What do you do now? I guess not. Oh, no, 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 no. It, it was what was done to him. Okay. He, he recently um, said that he was sexually... Oh, yeah. Abused yeah. when he was seven years old. So mm-hmm. yeah, 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 and it's just I'm just like it. Seeing Mike Tyson, well, wow, you know, just knowing that Mike Tyson, it it it, it actually puts some things into perspective now with mm-hmm. with Mike. Like there's something there, and now I kind of see what it is. He was uh, molested, and he didn't. He never told anyone from what I had read, and he just held all this inside, and that's probably where some of this anger and abuse and rage festers from. So, yeah, yeah. So Mike, you know, I'm sorry, Mike Tyson, that I'm it that I'm doing to go through that. Any any child to be molested is, is yeah, just sick. Anyone to be what? molested, whether your child or an adult, is just really bad. Exactly. But, but yeah, so um, sorry about that, Mike. Let's see what else is going on. Yo, okay. LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers put it on Chicago in overtime. I I wanted the Bulls to win so bad. This was um, mm-hmm. Friday Friday night's game. Bulls Bulls and Cavs and Cleveland. They're a, they're a little rusty, but but they're a really good team. I I will give them credit for um, credit to Derrick Rose. Got hurt again, but it's nothing major. So Derrick Rose, please get healthy. Brother, please. Bulls need you. Robert Griffin, the third quarterback for the Washington Redskins, came back Sunday, um, played a really good game, but not good enough as they uh, lost to the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, I was upset about that game. Um, the Washington Redskins defense let them down yet again. So moving on to uh, Dallas, the um, Cup, the Cup. Cowboys lost again, so yeah, to that. I'm happy about that. My West Virginia Mount, Mountaineers, ah, oh, they lost. They lost it last second, man. They lost. 
by a field goal kick by TCU in the last second of the game. So, WBU, I'm sorry, y'all. Sorry that um, you all lost. Uh, can I talk about that game, though, really, like, in, in depth, please, Stephen? Please do. Yeah. Give, give us a play, by boy. All right. The coach, Coach Dana for, for West Virginia, what was he? He, I, I'm not for firing people, but he needs to be fired. He hmm. played too conservatively in the fourth quarter. You got the lead. Why are why are, are you playing so tight? Score, do some run, run the ball, throw the ball, something. He's trying to play not not to lose, and instead of, instead of playing to win, he he was playing not to lose. And against a, a um, team like like um, TCU, you cannot do that. You will lose. You will lose, and they lost. So, Coach Dana. I hope that um, they talk to you after the season and um, give you your um, walking papers, brother, because you need to go. And, yeah, absolutely gone. Um, number one team in the um, country still is Mississippi State. Big ups, Mississippi State. So, um, mm. yeah, and that's pretty much the latest with um, sports. Oh, did you all see the um, NAS, NAS car fight? I saw it today. Our brawl. <laughs> the brawl, and the, yeah. And the one guy, I, I can't think of his name, but this is his second fight in two months. I think it was Tony Stewart. I don't want to. I think it was Tony Stewart and somebody else or something. I, anyway, I could be wrong, but I think it was Tony Stewart. But yeah, that's brawl. Who who would have thought NASCAR be brawls? I mean, brawls. They get, they get, yeah. And, and did they get fired like any other sport? You know, they do a fine, football, fine for it. Football, basketball, you get fined if you're, if you're fighting like that. I believe, so, fine, yeah. so. I believe so, yeah. I believe so. I believe so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. Tough, yeah. tough day for for NASCAR. Um, that's pretty much it in sports. Nothing else will be going on. Um, football, basketball, college football. Check, check, check. NASCAR, check. Oh, congratulations, San Francisco 40, 49ers. San Francisco Giants for winning the World Series. Yes. The, yes. Yes. Congratulations, San Francisco. Great season. Great season. And congratulations also to the um, Kansas City um, Royals for getting yeah. really good. Yeah. Yeah. They did really good. Okay. And that's pretty much in sports, yeah. Well, before we go to commercial break, I want to ask the question of the day. <laughs> Is being faithful hard? Go to Facebook and Twitter and let us know your thoughts. Hashtag uh, the Stephen Ice Stephen Ice Show question today. Chike Aaron is being faithful hard. Hell to the gnaw. If if you're with the right person, then nah. All right. If you're not with the well, right we, person, then yeah. <laughs> we got some very interesting responses. So I just think that a lot of people said no, it's not hard, but yet we have 50 percent of marriages don't uh don't last, and the number right. one reason is because of infidelity. And then you have a lot of people being cheated on. But we'll talk about that later on in the show. Let's take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after this. Entrepreneurs on the moon, giving you the most. 
for more. So tune in and tell a friend about the hottest station on internet land. Sit back and listen to EOTM on the mission. Classic city records, ain't no competition. Pay attention to the grind, we're in this division. Entrepreneurs on the move, success is given. EOTM radio, we're from coast to coast. Entrepreneurs on the move, giving you the most. EOTM radio, we're heard from coast to coast. Entrepreneurs on the move, giving you the most. EOTM, that's what people say. How to section in the nation, no underestimating. Talk fascinating and gon' hit them up. Giving you bang for your buck, get your numbers up. Stop. Sitting around whining, crying Ooh. about making it, but ain't trying. Plenty city records, we tiring. Go on the OTM and start climbing. Okay. OTM Radio, giving you the Stephen Knight's show. Chef Will Brown is a Houston native with cooking roots that stem back from his upbringing in Louisiana, where he, where he learned how to prepare authentic dishes from gumbo to bowling balls and shrimp creole. Brown recently made an appearance on the Food Network's first season of Cutthroat's Kitchen, as well as taping another season of his own cooking show, Swoosh Will's Way. The list does not stop there. Last weekend, Chef Brown was an honored guest for cooking demos at this year's Taste of Atlanta. Please tell me welcome, Celebrity Chef, Chef Brown. Welcome to the show. Hey. Hello. Thank you all. Thank you all so much. Thank you. Thank you. You know, anytime we can talk about food, I'm I'm definitely glad to have someone, definitely a celebrity chef like yourself. So welcome to the show. Well, thank you again. Thank you again. How are you guys? Pretty good. Pretty good. Now, we know that you're, you're native of Houston. I've been to Houston. I know they throw down there. But you really got your your upbringing from uh, Louisiana. Tell us how you fell in love with, with cooking and you knew that you wanted to be a chef. Well, actually, come, of course, it always stems back from your background. And my mother is actually a chef in Louisiana. Oh. 
and well, should I say, in Houston as well. So basically, you know, growing up and being a little boy, being able to be around them and watch them do different things, and you pretty much, you know, try to pave, you know, pave your way to say, okay, what am I going to do? What I'm not going to do? So of course, mm-hmm. you know, I did not start out, and then I started doing something else, and then as I got older, and you know, bench my way out this way towards Atlanta, I kind of figured out figured out what I wanted to do, and so I knew food was something that Atlanta did not have, and they needed a, a me here, so that's why. I did that. <laughs> so tell us about just we obviously know the uh, you know Louisiana. Anyone that's been there, they have awesome food as well. Right. Well, how do you describe the dishes you make in terms of you know coming from Houston, coming from Louisiana, those backgrounds? How do you describe your your signature style? Well, my food is basically, it's very authentic. There's nothing commercial about it. So basically, if you ever or anyone ever steps out to my restaurant, that's why it's called Will's Way because it's always mm-hmm. my way. So right. pretty much I've, you know, made my dishes. I've, Of course, the recipes came from my mom and my, and my grandparents. So basically what I did was made it into my own and tweaked it a little bit and just, you know, just made it me. So, you know, everyone, and it feels so good that everyone comes out and they taste and they're like, oh, my God, this is great. But, of course, you know, you you have your people from Texas, Louisiana, and they come, they're your biggest critics, and they're like, well, I need to know if this is real. Right. Well, you know, it yeah. don't bother me because I know what I'm doing and I know what it is. So wow. it just works. So let me ask you, at the holidays or when you have family or, or gatherings, even with friends, are you the, are you the, the go-to cook, chef? Um, yeah, pretty much. Everyone, you know, they always either come to my house or they're calling saying, let's do this, let's do that. But they get upset because, again, you know, I cook 24-7. So when I'm off and it's holidays, I like to sit down and enjoy myself. Exactly. exactly. What's your favorite meal that when you don't have to cook, when someone, okay, I want to cook for you, or you go out to eat somewhere, what's your favorite dish? My favorite dish is steak. I love prime rib. I love any type of yeah. beef. <laughs> so mm-hmm. if you'll see me out in the city, I will be at someone's steakhouse or some somebody's hotel dining in their dining room because I know that those chefs know exactly what they're doing. Mm. And you, you know, obviously, like we said, now you're a celebrity chef. You've known here in Atlanta. You've been on, uh, you know, Food uh, Network and, you know, other, the Taste of Atlanta even last weekend. T- tell us, how did you get to that to that caliber of success where, you know, you're appearing on TV and, and being featured in these different areas, arenas? Okay, well, basically, you know, it's just working hard and knowing your goals and knowing where you want to go within Mm -hmm. your career. Of course, each chef has their own path, but I knew exactly what I wanted to do was pretty much educate people on exactly Louisiana food, Louisiana slash Texas food. You know, everyone always said, when you say Louisiana, they always put you with New Orleans. So I figured I would come down on this side of the world and say, okay, hey, it's more to the world besides just New Orleans. Let's learn (laughs) about the different foods within Louisiana so, therefore, you can see the different ways and understand because people don't really understand what Cajun and Creole is. So basically what I do is I go out and I teach and, you know, let them know, hey, this is what it is, this is what it's not. So with that being said, that's very interesting to people in different food shows. They like you to – they like chefs to educate the actual – crowd, so therefore that's what puts me in that area to be able to do things like that, i.e. TV, i.e. cooking shows, i.e. classes. Wow. So tell us about you on first season of Cutthroat Kitchen. Tell us about that. Your experience. Cutthroat Kitchen. Well, that was a challenge. (laughs) That was a challenge. That is actually, those shows are testing your skills to see what you can do in the kitchen, how you can do it, and can you stay up in the kitchen. Right. And 
you know, if you guys have ever seen it, it's really hard. So basically what happened with me on my side, they they killed me. They already they already knew what they were going to do when I got in that studio. So, you know, I held it up and try, as much as I could, of course, tried to keep the ratings right. And, <laughs> they, of course, they killed me. But, you know, at the end of the day, I still held it, got my camera time, and did what I did what I was supposed yes. to do. And you got to promote your brand. Uh, what, what, is, what did you take away from, from filming that, taping that uh, season or your episode? Um, what I got what I got from that was, you know, um, what you have to do is, and that and anything that you do within career, you have to stay true to your brand. And yes. just because you're on TV or you're doing certain things, you know, they will throw different curves at you and want you to try to change things and want to see if they can take you out of your element. And with me, I'm very strong. So just because I had eight cameras over me does not mean that I was not going to cook something that I that stems from my background. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, tell us about. Uh, Swoosh, is it Swoosh Will's Way? Talk about that. Okay. Well, I've, with Swoosh Will's Way, I've had a show on CAU Clark Atlanta University Station for three years. Um, okay. I have taken a break for about a year and a half um, because I've opened a restaurant and I've mm-hmm. moved into larger things. But with that being said, that pretty much paved a path for me for people to find out who I was. It was right. you know free to do and basically created a name for myself. And that's how I really, st- you know, grew into other areas stemming from that show. So the goal was to actually be able to get on Food Network, get to let them know who I am, so therefore I could take that show and go ahead and place it on Food Network. So now we're taping, trying to package it, so therefore it can be an everyday situation going on on Food Network. That's going to be awesome. Tell us, yeah. tell us about, you know, when you decided, you decided to start your own restaurant, Will's Way, tell us about what was – what has been the most surprising thing about having your own restaurant? Oh, my point? goodness. <laughs> the most surprising thing is trying to cope to the way that everyone likes it. Mm. So by me saying that is basically I could not cook it the, the way that I would cook it for. I you say, for instance, you called and said, hey, chef, I want this, this, and this. I couldn't make it the normal way that I would make it. You have to tailor your food to be able to to work for the public. And that is mm. the hardest thing with owning a restaurant. Yes, trying to keep it neutral so everybody can eat it. Everyone has an allergy. Everybody has a way. So yeah. with that being said, it's very, it's very hard. It's challenging every day. What's been the most rewarding? Um, the branding of it, the branding of it itself. You know, people coming in and the people that know the food and they're like, oh, this is great. Oh, my God, this is the way it's supposed to be. That's like the best feeling ever, every day. Wow. Can you tell us about a signature dish that you sell there? Oh, I have several. Um, Several (laughs) dishes. Um, I have gumbo. I have crawfish etouffee, shrimp creole, Mm. and jambalaya um, is one of my big sellers because I do now have my own line of seasoning that's out. And that Mm -hmm. jambalaya is actually what sells the seasoning. Wow. Well, I was going to mention your season. I know that it's at um, you can it's at Williams and Somia at uh, Lennox Mall. Tell us about the season. And I, I know that as a, especially from a business perspective, you always have to find ways of expanding your brand, ways yes. of you know continuing to, to build an empire and staying true to who you are as a chef. Tell us, you know, what made you decide? Okay, let's do my own season this year. Well, I mean, well, with the name of Will's Way, you know, you, you're going to have to either have a pot or you'll have to have something to buy right. the restaurant. 
So with the mm-hmm. seasoning um, within the Creole food, if you know, everything is se- highly seasoned and it's not spicy. So basically right. with that, with me creating that seasoning, I wanted something where people could actually afford to buy it and be able to, you have it like a lorry or a season all and you have it in your cabinet and be able to use it as an everyday thing. So basically with my seasoning, it's called Wilsway Creole Seasoning and Rub. You can use that on anything. It's an all-natural seasoning, gluten-free with no MSG, and it's all-natural herbs made with sea salt. Mm. So, yeah, and that's kind of what made William and Sonoma catch on to it because it's a, you know, it's a natural situation. So everyone is trying to be healthy now. They're trying to stay away from the salt. They're trying to keep things that way, you know, it don't kill you because, of course, Louisiana food is not the healthiest. All right, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So with that being said, you know, we try to – um, promote it there, and it's thirteen ninety nine a pack. And, you know, it's a little little price. It's a little over what you normally would pay, you know, in the regular grocery store, but right, you pay yeah. for what you want. Yeah, and, and like you said, the fact that, because uh, I think, especially for someone, I can speak for myself, that, you know, you want to have food that tastes good, but still yeah. you can be healthy with. So, you know, you're, 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 you're not only is it the price, but also keeping that health factor in there. I think that's awesome. I think that's awesome. Yeah. So you were featured yeah. at uh, Taste of Atlanta last week. Can tell us about that. Um, it was a good look, actually, on Taste of Atlanta. I was on main stage. I had about 45 to 50 um, guests that showed up. They all actually signed up to cook along with me. So as I was actually making this, the jambalaya, they were actually making it as well. Everyone had a stove in front of them. So we were hand, it was an actual hands-on demo- demonstration. So it was mm-hmm. really great. It was a good look for me. Um, I got things that I probably would have never gotten from it, which is great. Um, I was able to get another new placement for another new store called The Cook's Warehouse. Yeah, I just got that today, which is phenomenal, and they will be placing it in all their stores within uh, Georgia, Georgia, which is phenomenal. So, you know, when you do do things like that, it opens other doors for you. Absolutely, absolutely. What advice can you give anyone who wants to do this? I I know I have several friends who... You know, they're going to school now to become a chef or, they're, you know, they want to get into the culinary arts. What advice would you give anyone? I would say I've told anyone that goes into the game, stay true to your game, stay natural, and do the, do it the way that you want to do it, not the way that people tell you to do it. If you stay commercial, you will always be commercial. If you stay true to the game and be original, it will always work. Wow. Awesome advice. Tell everyone where they can go to Will's Way and taste this incredible food. You can always find me um, at Wilsway Creole Kitchen, 242 Auburn Avenue. That's downtown Atlanta. That's Tuesday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. You can find me tomorrow. I'm sorry, you can find me Wednesday at William and Sonoma Lenox Mall from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. And you can find me Thursday at William and Sonoma in Alpharetta on North Point Mall from 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. So I'm always somewhere. You can check me out on my website at chefwillbrown.co, and you can see the latest cooking classes or see where I'm doing a demo and come out and see me. Chef Brown, thank you so much for your time, and I wish you nothing but continued success in building this brand, giving us good food. I'm going to come check out Will's Way. Thank you Please for joining do. us tonight. Thank, thank you so thank much, you and so thank much. you guys for having me. Uh-huh. No problem. You have a good night. No problem. You have a good one as well. Uh-huh. And for more information about Chef Brown, please visit our Facebook page. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Stephen Knight Talk Show on EOTM Radio. 
You're listening now. You're listening to the Stephen Knight Talk Show on EOTM Radio. The Stephen Knight Show, Monday night at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, only on EOTMRadio.com. Passionate intimate and life-changing is the best way to describe this virtuous and dynamic spirit of Krishna Rader. With a life full of uh, charisma, charisma excuse me, and passion to worship, uh, she only knew one way to fully serve God is with her voice. With years of experience in vocal training, Kristen has given her life to perfect her instrument. Please help me welcome the talented Kristen Rader. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on. Thank you. I, you know, I'm, after reading your story and listening to your music, it's my pleasure to have you here. Tell people a little bit about your your background. I know that uh, you mentioned losing your father to cancer, and you know it resulted in your mother's deep depression. And you know that was there was some tough, was a tough time period for you. Tell us about that. Absolutely. Well, uh, growing up as a kid, I came from a very good family. My parents were in the ministry. I had very loving parents that were very supportive. And um, as a teenager, like you said, I went through a very tragic, tragic time in my life Mm -hmm. where uh, my father was young and um, he had went to the doctor just for a routine checkup. And I received a phone call and he said, Sweetie, I hate to tell you this, but they have just told me that I am eaten up with cancer. And I had no idea whatsoever. Uh, My mom and and him drove to the hospital, and he was actually the one driving. He was well enough to drive, and we thought, you know, it might be a cold. It might be something minor. Mm -hmm. They said that, you know, uh, you basically have three weeks to live. And it was such, such a difficult time. Uh, that for us to go through and we weren't expecting it and we were expecting the Lord to heal him or bring him Mm -hmm. out of this, but God had other plans. And uh, like I said, my father had passed away and from all of that, you know, I learned to trust in the Lord and really put my, my hope and um, gain my strength from him. And my mother and him had actually been dating ever since they were 16 years old. So this was a huge, huge hit on her life. I remember her telling me, you know, I don't know that I can be strong enough uh, to get through this and to raise girls. And um, Mm -hmm. I just wish that the Lord would have uh, maybe taken me instead of you. Not that I would have wanted to go, but I just felt Mm -hmm. like he's such a leader in your life and could have helped you. And um, so it was just a time that uh, we had to refocus on where our strength came from. But it was very traumatic in that time. Seeing my mom go through that, she was always such a bubbly person and had her life Mm -hmm. together and very happy and um, just to see, you know, the dark times that she went through, not only him passing away, but uh, seeing her go through that depression was very, very difficult. But um, I learned quickly that uh, that I could pray and I could ask God for strength, and he would definitely bring me through it. So, yeah. Right, yeah. So it's interesting to me, um, and I'm someone of faith, so I definitely get it. But for someone out there who doesn't understand, you know, losing a parent, because, you know, we all think that if we pray, you know, in your situation, your father will be healed and life will go on and we'll be all happy. But how do you as a teenager hold on to that faith and even in losing your father maintain that faith and keep that faith and allow that faith to grow? 
Right. That's a great question. Uh, I really believe that um, that's, that's a time, you know, when you go through things in life, uh, mm-hmm. you grow up really, really quickly. <laughs> and um, I just, I try to stay in the word. I try to stay in the Bible and try to read, you know, comforting scriptures and different things. Mm-hmm. And I realize that God has a bigger plan right, for this world right. and for our lives and that we're not just roaming around here, but he has a purpose. And, and I realized that my father, you know, he must have fulfilled his purpose on the earth and that God had other things for him. And it was his time. It was his time to go. And even though that is so hard to grasp, um, you know, one thing that my dad said to me, uh, even on his deathbed, if he looked at me and he said, you know what, no matter what happens to me, that God is still God mm-hmm. and he has it under control. And, you know, that has just really rang true to me in my life. I said, you know what, if my dad, that was the one that no one could die with him, he was going to have to do it by himself. And um, if he could have his faith in God and still say, you know what, Lord, I trust you. I believe in you that, you know, I could do that too. So I always tried to remember that. And I tried to look at scriptures and, and realize that, you know what, I didn't see the whole picture. And I have a heavenly father that really knew what I was going to go through even by the by the time that I was born, he knew that I right. was going to have to yes. deal with that. And so I think he gave me an extra strength to deal with that. And I think I would encourage people, you know, to seek after um, to seek after the scriptures and to seek after God um, for for wisdom and, and maybe ask him. And sometimes I think we don't understand, but sometimes we can ask God, you know, Lord, why is this happening? I don't think right. that. I don't think that the Lord is upset by those questions. I think well, that yeah, he knows us better than we know ourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, exactly. Mm-hmm. And that I don't think he's intimidated by that. And as long as we come to him respectfully and say, Lord, I don't understand this, but I'm going to trust you in this. And I know I that you have me and you've not let me go. And um, I think that's where our faith really grows. Right. And I know that you said, I read in your bio that, uh, you know, your father taught you so many lessons that you still care with you on today, you know, throughout the years, uh, that, that has, you know, impact you and allowed you to, to grow, help, grow, you know, grow along with your faith and whatnot. So I think that's awesome. That shows that he, he did his job while he was here. So that's, that's, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. What about your music? I know you released an album, Undeniably You. Tell us about that project. Absolutely. Well, uh, I decided uh, to go into Nashville, and I recorded this album with a great music producer named James Matchak there. And uh, we went and we recorded one album, and then shortly after that, I recorded another album, which is I Am okay. Yours. My Undeniably You album is actually contemporary Christian um, okay. CCM-style music, and then the I Am Yours is actually a worship disc. So, oh. um, so yeah, I've been... Uh, doing a lot with it. I got to meet some incredible people there in Nashville. On one yeah. of my CDs, I have um, Jada Marcus, who is uh, mm. the guy in Rascal Flats that sings mm-hmm. that he's playing guitar and uh, different things. So I got to meet a whole lot of talented musicians there in Nashville. But we went, and I, I really felt like it was on my heart. I felt like it was something I was supposed to do. So we just uh, took off and went and recorded it. And I've, mm-hmm. I've really enjoyed opportunities that have opened up with it. Do you find that because you're doing doing music from a sincere place and, you know, allowing your faith to lead your way, do you feel that that contributes to your success that you've had this far? Yes, absolutely. I do think that. I think that um, everything goes back 
to my faith and um, I trust in God. And um, I feel like that he gave me the vision. I felt like that um, he placed it in my heart. And I knew that this was my calling. I knew that this is something that I was supposed to fulfill in life. And so I went after it wholeheartedly. And even though sometimes it's tough and sometimes it's expensive and it's a whole lot of work, you know, there's a, I'm sure you know, too, that when you do something with everything you've got, people don't see the behind of the scenes Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of work and there's a lot yes. of things that go into it. They see the, the glamour of it. They see, hey, this girl's out there singing, you know, she's right, yeah. she's got um she's got a lot of fans and different things, but there's a lot of hard work and uh, so I think sometimes during those times I'm saying, Lord, you know, just give me the strength to keep to keep <laughs> moving with it and uh and to reach out to people that are hurting and that are broken and that need to hear about the goodness of God. So that right. kind of drives me. Um, you know, I love doing it as well. I really, really enjoy singing. Exactly. It's definitely my mm-hmm. passion. But um, I think the number one thing is doing what I feel like the Lord has called me to. And, you know, so many artists, they start off doing Christian or gospel or inspirational music, and then they go into uh, secular music. Uh, what, what, has, what has kept you staying in this realm of, you know, professing your faith and, and you know, talking about your love of God? What, what has kept you from going into the more secular realm? Yeah, well, um, well, to, to start off, I, I actually have a classical background. When I, I went okay. to school, I'd had a vocal scholarship, and um, so I'm classically trained. I sing in several different languages and different things, and um, wow. I really enjoyed the background of that. I learned that's what really taught me how to uh, sing and all the vocal techniques that I needed to become a singer and to be able to sing for a long time. Um, so I do appreciate the styles of music. I listen to all kinds of different styles of music. Uh, but I just knew that uh, for me personally, I think everyone's different. I think people can be Christians and sing all kinds of different styles right. of music. But yeah. um, for for myself, I just really felt like that the Lord wanted me to use it for him. And um, I wanted to be able to go into church services and to concerts and to be able to tell what he has done in my life. And I think that really gives me a platform. The Christian music gives me a platform to not only sing and do what I love and what my passion is, but to also be able to tell others about Christ and what he's done for me in my life personally and uh, just share, you know, his love with other people. Okay. And, and you talked about your latest album, as I Am Yours. Tell us about that project. Okay, the I Am Yours project, basically, um, that one is more of a worship disc, like I had um, previously mm-hmm. told you. Um, the I Am Yours, it's basically, you know, our cry out to God, our us showing him our love. It, it's got some fun pop music in there, but it also has um, some real worshipful things um, that a lot of people tell me that they use, you know, that they play in the background during their prayer times and maybe those early mornings when they're not really feeling the best. And uh, so right. it, it kind of relates to your relationship with God and um, maybe digging deeper and uh, wanting to draw closer to him. And that that's also a, a CD that I'd made there in Nashville. Uh, like I said, we had done it kind of right after um, Undeniable You, so they were very close together. So I was learning a whole lot of songs <laughs> at the same time. But um, so, yeah, that's basically I Am Yours. Okay, okay. And we're going to be playing three of your songs uh, next in our playlist later in the next half hour, Always Something, Runaway Train, and Undeniable You. Uh, tell us about the song. 
Okay, Runaway Train is basically a song um, about the dark times in our life, those times that, you know, not everybody knows. It's those secret moments, and um, it really talks about, you know, Christ coming in like a runaway train and coming into your life and just completely taking away your sins, taking away the pain, and uh, just completely wrecking your life for him. And it's a fun, Mm -hmm. upbeat song. Um, It's one of my favorite ones to sing at the concerts. And um, but it's just a happy song, and it just talks about you know those times, and I think it relates to people because they feel like everyone has had those times. You know, everybody might walk around with a smile on their face and act like everything's going great in my mm-hmm. life, but in all reality, you know, people struggle with things. They deal with right, things, yeah. and we're all so alike in so many different ways. So uh, that's about Runaway Train, and um, the uh, what were the other ones you had mentioned? The other one was uh, we saw Run One Train and then Undeniably You. Yes, Undeniably You. Um, it basically talks about, you know, sometimes we as people, we can be stubborn and we can think, you know, we can do all these things on our own. And as humans, we just, let's be honest, we just mess them up sometimes. We mess up our life and we get into places that we never thought we were going to be. Um, but if we trust in the Lord and put our put our faith in him that he is so faithful and he will always bring us always bring us through and um always that something is is basically kind of the same thing um but it's talking about um always that something that you you come back to but the lord is so good to um, mm-hmm. help you through it and to give you the answers that that you're looking for Kristen, i want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us i think your sport your story is remarkable uh you know and, and how you're telling your story to help inspire others and you know, to me, it's no surprise you're, you're successful because you're doing it from a good place. So thank you so much. Tell everyone where they can follow you and keep up with you and, and, and learn more about you and your music. Absolutely. Well, I love keeping up with my fans. I love for them to write me and tell me a little bit about themselves. And uh, the way they can do it, they could follow me on Twitter at KRater Music or on Facebook, uh, Kristen Raider Music. You can find me on there. Um, also on iTunes, and I have a website, KristenRaiderMusic.com, where they can keep up with my tour dates and all of the different events that I'll be attending. So, yeah. Wow, wow. Well, much continued success to you. Thank you for taking the time to join us, and uh, well, let's, let's talk soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on, and I know you have a wonderful program, and I really appreciate the time. Thank you. You have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. For more information about Kristen Rader, please uh, visit us at Facebook, our Facebook page, and we'll be right back. Hello, I'm Ronald Hatcher, Aaron Hatcher's father. Aaron has muscular dystrophy and cerebral palsy. I'm Retha Gray from Betty White's Off Their Rockers, but unfortunately, he's no longer with us now. Each year, thousands of cases go unreported where children with disabilities and special needs get abused in their schools. Our mission is to protect the child as well as the teachers who educate them. Please help us in our effort to stop the abuse and promote safety by donating to positive initiatives in care of Aaron Hatcher's They Can't Talk But We Can, Inc. P.O. Box 2392, Roswell, Georgia, 30077. Or visit our website at theycanttalkbutwecaninc.org. Let's not have another loving, innocent child like Aaron die. Remember, they can't talk. But we can. Call now, 877-566-2451. Welcome 
Welcome back to the Stephen Knight Show. Before we go on to the playlist, I want to read some of your responses to the question of the day. Is being faithful hard? Most people said, no, it's not, it's not hard at all. Uh, and then Ayana said, yes and no. When she's in a relationship, uh, she institutes a zero-tolerance policy with men, with men, meaning she's not flirting, she's not hanging out in private, et cetera, with guys, so nobody gets the wrong idea. She's only human, but she's not in a situation to get in trouble. If she's not in a situation to get in trouble, she won't. Uh, she said, you have to know yourself. Uh, Becky said, no, when it's real love. Ashley said, being faithful is very hard. Let's face it. If it, was everybody, if it wasn't, everybody would be faithful. Faithfulness takes dedication, and we are all mad with sin, a sinful flesh. I have met plenty of people who I thought were great people but I would, that would never cheat, but being faithful to God, practicing my faith is the hardest thing she's had to face. Um, when Keisha said, yes, people who aren't faithful are still searching for something that they are missing. They haven't found the one. Uh, Kimberly said, for some reason, it is because of a character thing. Cheating is a characteristic of deception. If you know you're not meant to be with the person you are settling for the moment, you always cheat and make excuses for it. You can't use God as a reason why you haven't cheated. For others, when you found the right one who you truly enjoy and respect, I don't think it is hard. Few and far in between have truly experienced it. Uh, she's known a few. Isma said, of course, being faithful is hard. School is hard. Work is hard. Being a parent is hard. Being a child is hard. Paying bills is hard. Getting out of bed on a cold day is hard. Life is just hard, period. If it was easy, we would not appreciate it, and we, wouldn't t- we would take it for granted. Being faithful is as hard as the rest of our lives, but it shows love, respect, and appreciation for our loved ones. It shows that you are worth it. Uh, Dion Beetle said, absolutely not. It's not hard. There's one other comment I wanted to read, okay? Marianne said, 41 years married, 43 together. You got to take the bad with the good and never give up. I'm not letting God down. Our vows are real. Thank you for those that uh, did respond to our question of the day. And now we're going to move into Stephen's playlist. We, pe- we uh, select artists to play on our playlist, uh, independent and major. If you're interested, please email us at stephenisshow at gmail.com. Attach one or two songs your bio, and one or two promotional pictures. Remember that all songs must be edited for radio, meaning no curses. We definitely look forward to hearing from you. Now, the first song is from tonight's guest, Kristen Radar, entitled Always Something. Check it out and enjoy Stephen's Pink. But you have got your doubts Always that something you just can't figure out Rather elusive and though so out of style So you turn the dial Oh, yes, it's 
Remember when they said I couldn't make it? Remember when they said I couldn't do it? But somehow I got through it. Remember when they tried to hold me back? Remember when they tried to throw me off track? But somehow I bounced back.
our playlist. I hope you enjoyed it. I want to remind you to go to atlshottest.com and vote for the Stephen Knight Show for the 2014 Hottest Entertainment Awards. We're nominated for a Hottest Online Radio Show, and me as an artist have picked up two nominations for Hottest Male Vocalist and Hottest Rising Superstar. Again, that's hottestatl.com. I want to thank tonight's guest, uh, celebrity chef Will Brown and Christian pop singer Kristen Radar. Go to our Facebook page where you can learn more about them, support their work. And if you're in Atlanta, check out Will's Restaurant, uh, Will's Restaurant, Will's Way. Incredible food. I know I'm going to be checking it out. And then pick up uh, Kristen's uh, CDs. She has two CDs out that definitely inspire you and lift you up. Connect with us on social media, Facebook, The Stephen Knight Show, Twitter, Stephen Knight Show, S-H-O, and then our website, uh, stephennightshow.webs.com. We're also on Google+. We appreciate your support. Continue to spread the word, and have a great week. Until next week, God bless.